0: The field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers
1: Extra Innings, now broadcasting live from American Family Field.
2: Here's Dominic Catronio. Oh, my goodness, what a game! Wow, game of the year. I'm, I'm I mean, that's that's up there with the Fourth of July, that's up there with. The walk off or the big winner in extras against the Cardinals in St. Louis. That's 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 in the conversation. That's one of the best baseball games I've ever watched. I don't know about you. What a night. One nothing. Brew crew wins. Out dueling Sandy Alcantara, Corbin Burns. Every bit of the advertisement was true. Sandy Alcantara, complete game, one nothing loss. Corbin Burns, eight shutout innings, no walks. His 12th win, setting a new career high. Also a new career high in strikeouts achieved in this game for the season for Corbin Burns. There's so many directions we can go with this one. Brewers, though, let's talk about the bad news real quick. The Phillies won earlier today. Their doubleheader was postponed another day. So they only played one game today. They're going to try to play two again tomorrow, but even that forecast looks dicey. So that means the Brewers remain a half game back. Technically a game and a half because of the lack of a tiebreaker. So as I remind you, the Brewers now have five games remaining, whereas the Phillies have six games remaining, but they have a doubleheader happening hopefully tomorrow. And then if they don't get it in the doubleheader tomorrow, they'll try to do the doubleheader on Sunday. Just putting this on your radar... There is a chance, not saying it's a guarantee, they got to get at least one doubleheader in in the next two days. There is a chance that there is a like a game 163 situation next Thursday. All depending on what the Brewers do here down the stretch. Meaning, it's not technically game 163, but playing the 162nd game of the season, but on the day after the season ends, because that's the only day they can make it up. That is in play. We'll see what happens. But the only reason it would be in play is if the Brewers keep winning ballgames like tonight. A one nothing victory. We want to hear from you tonight. 855 616 1620. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you want to join in on the show, we'll have Vinny Rutino join us a little bit later on. We have an epic performance from Corbin Burns. We have Sandy Alcantara dominating, just like we thought. Devin Williams, he got shaky in the ninth. But my goodness, a one nothing thriller. What a game. And does this give you a little more confidence? Because let's be honest, the Brewers banked for that last loss to maybe be tonight, right? We talked about, for the final nine games, the Brewers needing to go 7-2. and two. Well, they've already used the two losses. One on Tuesday and one last night. But you were thinking, okay, maybe you lose to Sandy Alcantara and you'll have to beat Zach Gallen. Well, they beat Alcantara but lost yesterday to the bullpen day of the Marlins. They're kind of back on track. They still have their odds against them. You really got to count on 5-0, and zero, no worse than 4-1 and one down the stretch here. Because as you look at it, the simplest way to figure out what the Phillies need to do and what the Brewers need to do is the Brewers just need to win two more games than the Phillies. That's the simplest way to figure it out. So the Phillies have 6 more games, Brewers have 5 more games. You can start it from the 6 games. So now the Brewers are 84 and 73, a half game back in the loss column because the Phillies are 84 and 72. If Philly ends up going 4 and 2, let's say. The Brewers will have to go 5 and 0 after tonight of course. So tonight will make it the first win of of going 6 and 0. They need to go undefeated If the Phillies go four and two, let's say the Phillies go three and three, then the Brewers have room for one more loss. If Philly goes 500 over their final six games, the Brewers have room for one more loss and still get into postseason. It's not over yet. There's no sense in giving up yet. You've come this far, 157 games in. Don't abandon yet. The fat lady has been warming up, but she has not begun singing. Let's make that clear. Let's get to some of these texts here as well. Mike in Colorado. Burns was fabulous. I would have liked it if Craig Council let him open the ninth and get the first outs. Well, here we go down the home stretch. It's a sprint to the finish now. I think that's going to be the most popular topic tonight. Should Craig Council have left Corbin Burns in this game? Obviously, it won. It worked out. The Brewers went. It got stressful. Winning around got 90 feet away. But should Corbin Burns have had a chance to pitch the ninth inning? We'll hear from Craig Council talking about that. We'll hear from Vinny Rutino and his reaction to all of that as well. Uh, we got a lot to get to on tonight's show. Don't go anywhere. This is the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Brewers win one nothing. What a night. Holy cow. Did that really just happen? Wow. Second time this year, the Brewers have won a game at home one nothing. Third time overall this year. They've won a game one nothing. Remember Eric Lauer, Sunday Night Baseball, he won a game 1-0 uh, earlier this season. Pitcher's duel, to say the least. And I want to hear from you about the move to take Corbin Burns out of the game. He had 103 pitches after eight innings. We can talk about it because, well, the Brewster still won the game, so hindsight isn't guaranteed to be correct. 103 pitches, eight innings. He was rolling. His, his season high is 115 pitches. Craig Council went to Devin Williams. Craig Council said after the game, he said, "I thought he was done. I thought eight innings was enough, and I wanted Devin." That's straight from Craig Council. Okay, that was Craig Council's take. My take is I would love to see him go back out for one more. And again, this isn't a hindsight's guarantee to be accurate. The reason why I want to send Corbin back out there is this: Corbin is going to get one more start next Wednesday. And let's also be brutally honest here. There's a chance that game means nothing. If the Phillies keep winning, there's nothing the Brewers can do. There's a chance that next Wednesday means nothing. Again, there is no tomorrow if you don't win today. That's how it's going to be pretty much the rest of the way for the Brewers. So, if you have an opportunity for Corbin Burns to get back out there for a few more batters, send him out there, because there was very, very few stressful pitches in this game. And furthermore... You give another day of rest for Devin Williams, and you're thinking, wait a minute, Dom, you just said you got to win today before he gets it to tomorrow. Devin just threw an inning and two-thirds, something very odd for him, something he hasn't done since 2020. And you've got Aaron Ashby going tomorrow. You've got a bullpen day going after that. You are going to need Devin Williams here. And if you could have gotten greedy with trying to get another day of rest for him, I would have been all for it. And then let's say, you know what, Corbin allows a couple of base runners, You can bring in Devin, you can bring in Hobie Milner, you can bring in somebody that can get you out of the jam because you got to find a way to have your most effective pitchers in the game. And I know a lot of people would say that would be Devin Williams, but you only get Corbin Burns pitching once every five days. I would have loved to see him go out for the ninth. I understand the decision, but I want to hear from you. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620 is the academic mortgage talk and text line. I also want to welcome in our good friend Vinny Rattino here onto the program, Valley Sports Wisconsin analyst and a former brewer. Vinny, what would you have done if you were Craig Council? Would you have left uh, Corbin Burns in there or would you have uh, done the way it went?
1: Uh, you know, Dom, I, you know how I love to answer these questions. I love posing both sides of these scenarios and, and kind of break down what I think Craig Council was thinking in that situation. What? I, here's the thing. I, I understand... I actually lean towards your, your take on this. I actually probably would have brought Corbin Burns out for one more. Like you said, um, he's got one more start. It's 103 pitches into it. Let him go at least the first batter if he gets in any trouble. You know Devin Williams has been pitching so well that he's going to have no problem you know, getting out of a jam. He, he actually pitches better and executes better when he's in jams. I think he's got his back against the wall and he knows how to execute when that back is against the wall. And, and furthermore, he pitched 25 pitches two days ago in that five-out stint that he had, and then 27 pitches tonight. So there's a lot of usage now on Devin Williams' right arm. Um, the, reason why, the, the reason why you would take Corbin Burns out in that situation is because you, you want to just go for every single win you can. Who gives you the best chance for the win? Corbin Burns gives you a very good chance for the win in that situation. You send him back out. But Devin Williams gives you a better chance. I'm talking statistically speaking right now. I'm not talking gut seal, nothing like that. Statistically speaking, Devin Williams is absolutely lights out. He's one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. You've got a four earned runs, four, since, since May 10th. So it's like been months and months and months. And he he doesn't, get, he doesn't give up runs. So, I mean, he gives you the best chance to win, and you need every single win. So that's probably what uh, Craig Council was thinking. Gut feel, I'm with you a little bit. You can go out and send him back out for at least one hitter. If he gets in any kind of trouble, you bring in Devin Williams, you'd be fine.
2: That's fair enough. I, I, I could see that leverage, too, of saying, hey, is the guy behind me fresher, better than me? Someone that also a factor in this game was the fact that almost none of the Marlins had ever seen Devin Williams before. The only one that had seen him, technically, not in a game situation, but in spring training, is Avisail Garcia. And you could tell Avi knew what was coming. He said, you know what, I'm taking till I get a strike, and if he throws me a changeup, I'm just going to take it until... Uh, I, I see a strike, and he didn't get one because Avi knew he had to be patient with Devin Williams, and then Devin was able to lock it back into gear for the final at-bat of the game against Jesus Sanchez. Uh, is is that what you saw from Avi's at-bat there? Because I was, I was holding my breath personally. I'm sure a lot of Brewers fans were like, oh my goodness, not this again, not this guy again, no. And then walks him, and then the bases are loaded. Is that what you saw from Avi?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, he he's a smart hitter. Avicel Garcia is a very, very smart hitter. Um and and he was definitely doing that. He's taken a strike. He's actually probably taken until two strikes, right? Because you know Devin Williams gets so much chase out of his zone with that changeup. It looks exactly like the fastball. I mean, I, I think I think guys probably try to do that more often than not. But but they just it, it it's such an optical illusion that pitch. That changeup is so good. It's so deceptive that again it looks exactly like a fastball right down the middle. And they tell themselves, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit fastball right here in this spot. Devin Williams throws a changeup. It looks like a fastball coming in that spot, and then it dives outside of the zone. What a pitch he threw to Jesus Sanchez, though, to end the game. He threw a 2-1 changeup after coming in. I, I actually thought, oh, man, don't throw the fastball here because he actually has better command of the changeup. And he threw a 2-1 changeup, beautiful pitch. Gets him to swing over the top of it, 2 2, and then he comes right back with another devastating changeup. That entire at bat to end the game was set up with two well located fastballs in. He probably didn't want them both to be balls. He probably wanted that second one to be more of a strike. Um, but that was set up perfectly. And then, especially with the bases loaded, how gutsy of a performance that was from Devin Williams. Because if he walks Jesus Sanchez or gets to 3 1, or even 3 2, you know, that, that game and, and those pitches are going to be a lot tighter. Um, and harder to execute for Devin Williams. Um, but he, he did just a phenomenal job of getting Jesus Sanchez out for that last out of the game.
2: We're chatting with Vinny Rattino here on Brewers Extra Innings. Want to get to a few texts here as well. 855 616 1620, the acronym Mortgage Talking Text Line. Uh, Doug chiming in Devin Williams puts you through the ringer, but he gets the job done. Next time, please go three up, three down. It's not that easy, Doug, I promise. There is nothing like an old-fashioned pitcher's duel. One more guy to beat in gallon, and they should be in beating both of them. They deserve to get in. It's the first time I've heard some positivity about deserving to get in because there's one thing about the Phillies backing into it like they're doing right now. And as frustrating as the Brewers have been, they are still above five hundred in September. They have a better record than the Phillies in September. They just played a few more games than them, which is why it feels like it's so much worse. At the end of the day, too, the standard for the Brewers is so much higher. And also, if the Mariners win tonight, by the way, get this fun fact. If the Mariners win tonight, they're currently tied 1-1 to against the A's in the bottom of the 6th. They will clinch a playoff spot. And unless the Phillies get into the postseason, the Mariners will end their playoff drought and then the title for longest time since being in the playoffs last, believe it or not, will go to the Philadelphia if they haven't been in the playoffs since 2011. And look, the Mariners are finally ready to shed that record. That's going to happen any day now. If they win tonight, it will be over. I, I think Philly's standard is a little bit different than the Brewers' standard right now. They just want to get in. The Brewers obviously entered this season as pennant contenders, and the season hasn't gone according to plan.
1: Yeah, and especially with how Dombrowski, the GM of of the Phillies, I mean, he leverages the future constantly, right? He's done that in every organization that he's been in in order to build a winner and put a winner on the field this year, today, now. He's 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 managing his roster right now he's really not considering the future and, and and they have a very good roster on paper and if they don't get in that's going to be all kinds of issues for that organization hopefully the brewers can edge them out here for this wild
2: card it it's going to be crazy and let's also be real i mean a doubleheader tomorrow and things could flip in the blink of an eye you know if the if the phillies win both games of the doubleheader tomorrow if they get both games in the Brewers are in must-win territory, really, for the rest of the season because if the Phillies win both games of the doubleheader, let's say they at least win game one, right? They're back up to a, a full game up on the Brewers before the Brewers even get onto the field, which means they're essentially two games back, which means the Brewers must win. Then you're praying for a split in that doubleheader. But here's here's the other side of that coin. If the Phillies lose somehow both games of that doubleheader, then you're looking at the Brewers with a win in the driver's seat, they would be ahead of them by a half of a game. How crazy would that be heading into the final day of the uh, final series of the season coming up next week?
1: That would be great, and you know what? It would make it for a heck of a fun series in that last series against the Diamondbacks. Um, and look, if that happens, Dom, I think the Brewers get in. I think it's still going to be tight going right down the last day. If, if like you said, you know, in the other scenario where all of a sudden maybe the Phillies sweep. Or somehow the Brewers, you know, find themselves a full game back, um, or a game and a half back. I think it's going to be tough sledding from from here on out. I mean, the decent matchup tomorrow. Just kind of talk about the matchup for the for the Washington Nationals. Annabel Sanchez somehow is pitching pretty well here, um, coming out of nowhere. Um, you know, he's he's pitching against Kyle Gibson, who's had some struggles this year, pitching to a four eight four ERA. And again, the, the the Phillies have been atrocious on the road. Uh, they've been absolutely atrocious on the road in the month of September. They're three and nine or ten at this point um, in road games in September. They're just not playing good baseball in general, uh, but definitely on the road, they're going to find themselves uh, with some issues. That Syndergaard Romero matchup looks a little bit like it's, it's for, you know, more weighted towards the Phillies going to have the advantage in that one. Um, but hopefully, at least the Nationals can get one of those games tomorrow.
2: They've won today, but they still lost ten of their last fourteen games. Uh, they got swept in Wrigley, so that's three losses on the road. They got swept in Atlanta, that's three losses on the road. They also lost one game uh, in Miami, which was started by Pablo Lopez, and he gets the ball on Sunday. Uh, so you look at it; they've only won two, ro- or excuse me, three road games now out of a total of not, excuse me, ten road games. You were right, Vinny. So they're just three and seven on the road in the month of September, and they finish the season on the road. That's enough talking about the Phillies. we got to look ahead to this team, what the Brewers have ahead of them tomorrow. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about the pitching matchup. We found out who is starting the game tomorrow. That is going to be Aaron Ashby for the Brewers coming up tomorrow. we got plenty more to talk about. We're going to hear from your text. i got a lot more text here to read as well. Don't go anywhere on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Brewers get a big one nothing win over Sandy Alcantara, the Cy Young Award favorite. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Corbin Burns clicked into Cy Young mode. Man, what a game. I, I still can't. That's going to be a game I talk about for a long time. Brewers win one nothing. I'm Dominic Catronio. We got Vinny Rotino still in line with us as well. Quick little soapbox rant here, Vinny. Um... If anyone doesn't vote for Sandy Alcantara as the NL Cy Young, they need their voting privileges revoked from the Baseball Writers Association of America. I don't get how watching tonight's game, you think, yeah, he's not the Cy Young. That is one of the best pitching performances I've seen all season long.
1: I 100% agree. I mean, he is... He has turned. So I scouted this kid way back in 2017 when he was with the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. I put a six on him, meaning I think I thought he was going to be a future All Star, and I was wrong because he's a future Cy Young. I should have put a seven or an eight on him. Um, But so what he has and what he features is so impressive with that fastball and then that changeup that it, it looks exactly exactly the same on TV, what's coming out of his hand. And then the changeup dives down out of the zone. The fastball stays up and rides. I can't imagine what it looks like in the box. It's a really impressive look. It's really impressive how he does it. It's so effortless. I cannot believe how effortless that 98 mile an hour fastball is. I mean, he doesn't, it looks like he's playing catch in the backyard with his son and then it's exploding out of his hand at, at 98. And Oh yeah. Let's, let's not forget he's commanding it. So um, the ability to have taken the steps he has taken in order to refine not only his stuff, but his command is, is very impressive. It's actually, it's actually fun to watch as a baseball fan, right? You, you you watch a guy like this with that much talent, but then also that much touch and feel for the baseball and the ability to get at the it, 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 it Again, it's fun to watch and it's impressive. And then we get to watch Corbin Burns on the other side and have a duel with Sandy Alc- Alcantara and it's just Again, fun and and exciting to watch.
2: A couple of texts about Corbin Burns tonight. Another perfect example of Brewers pitching saving the team. Had Burns been any less than perfect, that's another loss. If they want to make it past the wild card, they need to better figure out how to hit. That's a good one. Ian in Wisconsin Rapids chiming in. The pitching won't be able to have an outing like Burns did every single game. So, they got to figure out how to get some runs behind their starters. Won't even have to worry about discussing the wild card series. Also, one more uh, chimed in about our talk about taking Burns out after eight innings. Another texter saying, I'm with Council on this one. The ninth inning is the only inning that's currently set up for the bullpen, and Council went with his guy. It almost didn't work, but Williams got it done in the end. Great game, great win. I, I, I can see that. I appreciate the text. 855-616-1620, the Accident Mortgage Talking text line. Before we preview tomorrow's game, Vin, I want to highlight the rookie, Garrett Mitchell. Another multi-hit game for him. In his last four starts, he has a multi-hit game in each of them. He's really finding his own. He's getting more comfortable. He And let's also be honest, maybe the biggest play of the game that we haven't talked about is his stolen base that set him up to get to second base, and he eventually scores the only run on the sack fly. Garrett Mitchell's playing like he's comfortable now in the big leagues, and we're starting to see why the Brewers are really, really excited about this kid's development.
1: Yeah, and Don, let's not forget, uh, he went through a really ugly stretch there where he, I think he was one for 26 at one point, and all of a sudden um, he started to get some hits, and he, he's he's stringing games together now where he's, he's quality at bat after quality at bat. And, yeah, I mean, at, right after his second hit in the big leagues, he went one, two, three, four, five, six games without a hit. Um, one, one game in there he just came in for a pitcher. So five games without a hit, and most guys – and not Garrett Mitchell, but most players, myself included, this happened to me all the time, every time I got called up the big league, if you go through a stretch like that, you're thinking, okay, when are they going to call my number and send me back down? That's what you're thinking. You don't see that from him. He knows he's a big leaguer. He knows he can contribute and offer a lot of value and a lot of impact to this team, not only you know, on the bases and on defense, but he knows he can hit, and that's what he's showing that he's been able to do. Uh, just a great job by him tonight, stealing that base, I had a one seven. I took the stopwatch out watching it from, from home here. Um, 175 was the pop time from Jacob Stalling. That is, that is elite territory. Um, a major league average pop time, meaning once the catcher catches it and throws down to second base to try and catch a, a base runner from stealing, major league average right now is 2.05. It used to be two, but catching has gotten a little bit worse with throwing. So it's 2.05. He was a 175. And Garrett Mitchell stole that easily. He's one of the fastest players in all of baseball. He can actually outrun the baseball. Very rare ability. Um, and, yeah, and then getting over to third and then scoring on the sack fly. Birds have not been good at scoring from third base with less than two outs. They're 21st in all of baseball in that category of just manufacturing runs, produ- productive outs with those sack flies. Got it done tonight. Rowdy Tellez did a great job getting that run in. That was all they needed.
2: It was all they needed. And I love this quote that he told the media after the game. Garrett Mitchell on enjoying the thrill of a playoff chase in his first taste of the big leagues is coming from Kurt Hogue of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Quote from Garrett Mitchell, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else right now. Yeah, that's a kid that's confident. That's a kid that's ready to play ball on any given night that his number is called. Now, let's talk about Aaron Ashby here, Vinny, before we let you go. Aaron Ashby getting the ball tomorrow in what's expected to be a bullpen day. What should we be expecting as far as length, uh expectations for him? What does he need to do to get back on track? Uh Ashby, he's been on the injured list a little bit this season. He's only made two starts since his last appearance off the injured list. His last appearance, I should say, wasn't a start. It was actually in bulk relief of Freddie Peralta on Sunday against the Reds. In his return from the I.L., he's gone three and two-thirds. He's got four walks and only two strikeouts. He's going to get a little longer leash in this one because he's only thrown a total of 40 pitches in each of those two games. What do you expect from Aaron Ashby tomorrow?
1: Yeah, um, so I am just trying to think along with Craig Council, right? There, there's a, de- a depleted bullpen. There's another bullpen day coming. Um, there's starts and in innings that need to be covered. Um I'm guessing what will happen is Aaron Ashby will probably be extended out to maybe three innings and 60 pitches. Um, you got to obviously think about the future. You're not going to extend him out much further than that just because of his health. But at the same time, I think that's a good number just based on the fact that, like you said, Dom, is a 41-pitch outing right after he came off the IL against the New York Mets. He threw two innings in that start. And then, like you said, he came out of the bullpen this last time out, backing up, piggybacking. Freddy Peralta with 40 pitches and he yeah the the command wasn't great he he can kind of scatter it and spray it all around at times uh, it was a little bit scattered just around the zone it wasn't totally like you know we've seen a little bit of a, a wild thing type of version of Aaron Ashby it wasn't that uh, I think he's just got to rein it in a little bit, get that direction working a little bit more towards home. I think he'll be totally fine if he's in the zone against the, the Miami Marlins. This is the, one of the worst hitting teams in all of baseball. They've shown it the last couple of nights. Yes, the Brewers have pitched phenomenally well um, in those last two starts. Um, but I think Aaron Ashby, as long as he's in the zone, I think he's going to have a, 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 a you know a decent outing. And then Edward Cabrera is a guy that's pitched pretty well. The guy that the Brewers should be able to get to is a guy that kind of makes mistakes, walks. Uh, walks players, walks guys, Brewers are really good at walking and then hitting mistakes out for Homer. So hopefully they can get to Cabrera and, and you uh, have another one in the W column tomorrow.
2: All right. Hopping over to the accident Mortgage Talk and text line right now, we have Sparky and Madison on the line. Sparky, you're live on Brewers X Trainings again.
0: Okay. Hey, thanks a lot for taking my call. Uh, you know, I'm glad the Brewers won tonight. Uh, I think had they lost, you probably would have seen Craig Council, running out the back door of, of the ballpark here. Uh, I tell you what, my feelings on this business about analytics and pitch counts and all this other nonsense, it's all fine and dandy. But when you get in September, I think you've got to go with your best people. And for me, I, I would never have given a thought to taking a guy like Corbin Burns out of the game in that situation. And, you know, it's a little disappointing, but there again, I understand the dynamics of the way the game is played and one other thing, I'd like to make a comment about. And this got a lot of talk back in early September, when Woodruff pitched the game in Colorado, and I believe it was uh, he gave up two hits in six innings, and they took him out, and the Brewers were up six or five, six nothing. And Colorado came back and won the game, and uh, you know that was another disappointing game. And like I say, September is different maybe than June, July, and August, so. I, I, I'm i hoping the brewers can get in, but, you know, it's a little disheartening sometimes to see some of these senseless moves. So, anyhow, that's my my feedback I get on that. And, uh, and you know, I don't care what moves they make, even if I don't agree with them. If they win, that's great. So, anyhow, I just wanted to yep. throw that off for discussion, and hopefully things will work out in the last week here. Okay? Thanks a lot.
2: Yep, Sparky, appreciate your thoughts there. When it comes to... Just win, right? If you get it done, they win. I think when you talk about oh, pitch counts, things like that. Well, at least they won. And first and foremost, let's also talk. Look, Devin Williams is an all-star closer. Okay, it's not you know going to somebody else. And this isn't meant to disparage anybody, right, Vinny, in that bullpen. But if you're going to have Corbin Burns hand the ball to anybody in that bullpen, the only guy you would think to hand it to would be Devin Williams in that situation.
1: He's earned that. He's earned it, right? Devin Williams has earned that label of being the closer, being the shutdown closer that he really is. Um, the ability to, to strike guys out is uncanny with how how he does not have an elite fastball. Uh, we, did a, we did a thing on the pre- and post-game show the other day where he has got the lowest velocity fastball among the league leaders in strikeouts per nine, and it's not close. He's like five miles an hour slower than the next four guys. His average fastball is around 93.5. The rest of them are above 97 miles an hour, and again, he is a, a in the league lead for strikeouts per nine. Strikeouts aren't everything, but it's a lot. When you're a closer, if you can punch guys out like Devin Williams can, that is a big deal. Um, and I'm with Sparky. As long as you win, you know, no harm, no foul. Um, I think I think that's what even Craig Council is thinking. We just have to win. And I actually think that's why he brought in Devin Williams in that spot um, because he thought that that was probably going to give him the best chance to win. I don't think he was thinking about pitch counts too much. I don't think he was thinking about his next start, Corbin Burns' next start. I think he was thinking about, I have to win this game. If we win this game, we're done. And that's why I brought in Devin Williams. And he's going to to be in the same situation tomorrow. You have to figure out a way to win tomorrow. Devin Williams probably is available tomorrow. But, uh, I mean, he's thrown a lot of pitches in the last three days. um, So they're going to have to figure something out.
2: What the Brewers need is a blowout. That's what they need, and the yeah. offense is going to try to wake up tomorrow against Edward Cabrera. Vinny, thanks for your time tonight, as always, my friend. Get some rest and whew, buckle up. Five more games to go.
1: Let's do it. All right. Sounds good, Down, Thanks.
2: All right. Vinny Rutino joining us. Brewers analyst on Valley Sports Wisconsin and, of course, a former Milwaukee Brewer as a big leaguer. Brewers, extra innings will roll on. we got more to talk about. Some lineup suggestions coming up here on the text line as well. 855-616-1620 if you want to participate in the show as well. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Brewers win one nothing. I don't care if you win 10-0, 1-0. 100 to 99. A win is a win. And the Brewers need as many as they can get coming up down the stretch. I'm Dominic Catronio. This is Brewers Extra Innings. In case you're just stumbling upon the show, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Remind you of the standings right now. At this very second, the Brewers in record are a half game back. But in reality, they're a game and a half back, but That half game should disappear tomorrow if they avoid the rain in Washington. The Phillies have played one fewer game than the Brewers again. They were supposed to play a doubleheader today. That got rained out. They only got one game in, and the Phillies won. So now, tomorrow, they're going to try to play a doubleheader. If they get both games in and the Brewers play tomorrow, it'll be back on track. No more half-game stuff or anything like that going on. The Brewers cannot end the season tied with the Phillies Because there is no more game 163. The tiebreaker has gone to the Phillies because they won the season series. Keep that in mind. So the Brewers need to win two more games in the final six than the Phillies. Not one, two more games. Because they are a half game back right now, but that does them no good. So keep that in mind. They've got these next two coming up against the Marlins tomorrow and Sunday. And then three more coming up with the Diamondbacks Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Just be ready to buckle up because this could come down to the very last day of the season. It could even come down to the day after the regular season if there is too much chaotic weather happening in Washington, D.C. So uh, think about that moving forward. I want to get to a few texts here talking about the lineup and talking about our guy that we just praised, Garrett Mitchell. Put Mitchell in a leadoff spot. With that speed, he can provide a spark. Another texter earlier in the show, Doug asking, look, what needs, what needs to be done about Christian Yelich in the leadoff spot? He's now hurting the team. Play McCutcheon, play Taylor, play Mitchell, but bench Yelich, Doug. Well, when it comes to Mitchell in the leadoff spot, I don't hate it, but where are you going to put Yelich in that situation? If you're going to bench him, you, you got to be ready for the wear on that because, look, if you're going to bench the guy you're paying $26 million for another seven years, that says something. Okay, I don't think the Brewers are ready to give up on Christian Yelich, nor should they give up on Christian Yelich. He still runs well. He can still give you a walk. He got a hit last night. He didn't really have a great night tonight. But hey, it was Sandy Alcantara on the mound tonight. Let's give him a breather there. He's hitting 250, which isn't great. And look, it's it's been a long time since 2019. I know there's a lot of pent-up feelings about Christian Yelich's performances, but it's baby steps right now as far as... Trying to see him improve, it seems like being in the leadoff spot has really helped him out. Because then there's a whole ripple effect. If if you take Yellich out of the leadoff spot, then are you taking Willie out of the two hole? What are you doing in the three four spot? Rowdy not batting third, Renfro not batting fourth. Do you put Yelich batting third and put him in a pressing situation in order to do you know to score more runs? As far as uh, you know, drive in more runs, which he's been more of a singles guy and walks guy. He's not going to bat ninth. I'm telling you that right now. He's not going to bat ninth. So I like Garrett Mitchell batting ninth because he gives the chance for the lineup to turn over, right? You want somebody reliable. Even Tyrone Taylor has been playing very well in the month of September. And whoever it is in center field based on the platoon that night, you feel confident that the guy in the nine hole right now can get on base, which is part of the reason why the Brewers haven't been putting their catcher in the nine hole. They've been putting the catcher batting eighth in the situation that, well, hey— if we put the catcher ninth, and we know how much the Brewers' catchers have struggled in the second half, put the catcher ninth. The inning's probably going to end. Whereas, you put Mitchell or Taylor batting ninth, you've got an opportunity to extend an inning with two outs and maybe get it to the top of the order and see what happens in that regard. I understand the animosity about Christian Yelich. Why is he batting leadoff? Why is this going on still to this day? I can't answer why the power has disappeared, but he's still going to be your guy for a long time. Might as well get him to. Be productive for you when the games matter most. Because let's also look at the whole body of work. Since he went into the leadoff spot, he's been very, very good. His on-base percentage has been over 370 since moving to the leadoff spot. Just because he's not hitting homers anymore doesn't mean he's not being productive to the team. Everybody goes through slumps, and he's been in one right now. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. But you are going to need him down the stretch. This is a team, offensively, is only as good as the sum of their parts. Everybody pulling their weight, right? Tonight, you, you ran into the Cy Young Award winners, Sandy Alcantara, only scored one run. But last night, you only scored two runs because, again, the Brewers weren't able to pull their own weight after the second inning yesterday. Two for eight with runners in scoring position. I had a few folks tweet me saying, well, Dom, two for eight is 250. Well, when you think about it, getting eight opportunities with a runner in scoring position and only scoring one run out of those runners in scoring position opportunities, that's not working out. And then the back-to-back doubles and not scoring a run was very uh, a statistical anomaly. We don't need to ramble on about yesterday's game, but the offense is good when they're all pulling together. And look at tonight, another game that the Brewers win... Without hitting a home run. That has been very rare this season. Few and far between. That's only their 19th win this season without hitting a home run. And furthermore, scoring fewer than four runs, right? That's been the magic number all season long for the Brewers. They've been trying to win these games that are, you know, tight, pitchers duel. Every single game gets stressful, it seems like, these days. Winning these tight games can give you confidence, can get you to move forward in the right direction. We've talked about four runs when the Brewers get to four runs, their pitching is good enough to carry them for the rest of the way. This season, when they score at least four runs, they're 71-25. 46 games over 500 71 and 71-25. I had folks tweet to me last night saying, oh, this, this is absolutely a pitching pop room. Look at how many times they've scored more than four runs. Yeah, and look at the record when they score more than four runs. Because the pitching is keeping opponents to under four runs. When they score at least four, they're almost unbeatable. When they score less than four, tonight was only their 13th win in 61 games when they score less than four runs. That is very, very bad. Some teams can survive by scoring three ones and and move on. The Brewers are not that team. They need to try to get a blowout tomorrow or Sunday, make it easier on these bullpen days that they're about to have They need the offense to wake up at the right time here down the stretch. And for the Brewers not hitting a home run, again, they're 19 and 29 now in games that they don't hit a home run. Tonight was only their 19th win without hitting a homer. We know this team lives and dies by the home run ball. They're a team, they're second in the National League in home runs. Look, you're not surprised by this point. It's 157 games in. You know what this team is made of. Looking around the scores right now, uh, as we get ready to hear from Craig Council a little bit later on in the show, we're going to hear highlights in this contest as well. What a game happening out in Seattle! A reminder that if the Mariners win tonight, they have clinched a playoff spot. They will be the first time since 2001. What an epic story that will be! It's the longest drought in North American sports, 21 years without making it to the postseason. Gosh, I would love to see it happen. They're tied 1-1 in the top of the 8th inning right now. Uh, Logan Gilbert is still pitching. He's got 97 pitches right now with one out in the top of the 8th in a 1-1 game against the Oakland A's. Uh, Elsewhere in baseball happening, the Braves beat the Mets as the NL East is the only division that has not been decided yet. The Braves are back in a first-place tie with the Mets. And this series this weekend is the last series head-to-head between the Braves and the Mets. And the winner of this series will win the season series. So they will have that tiebreaker if they end up tied at the end of the year. So that's exciting happening right now. The Yankees lost 2-1. to one. Aaron Judge is still sitting on 61 homers. And also that means the Astros have clinched the number 1 seed in the American League. So a quick peek around the out-of-town scoreboard. We're going to have more of your texts, 616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. We're also going to hear from Craig Council coming up in just a bit. But up next, you're going to hear the news, and we'll have more Brewers Extra Innings coming up on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Brewers win in an epic pitchers' duel, one to nothing. They are still alive in the playoff hunt. Five games to go. No sense in walking away now, Right? Five more games. Buckle up. It's going to be a fun weekend here for the last weekend of the regular season. Of course, the Brewers are going to play all the way through. No more off days. Tomorrow's the last Saturday at home. And then Sunday, of course, to finish up with the Marlins. And then the Diamondbacks come to town after the rescheduled games from the lockout. These were originally supposed to be the opening week games uh, here against the Diamondbacks. Instead, they pushed them here to the end of the season, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So five games to go for the Brewers. They really need to win all of them. You know that. Craig Council knows that. Corbin Burns knows that. Devin Williams knows that. And to have a performance like they had tonight is so encouraging to see. Yeah, I know they only scored one run, but they're going up against a Cy Young Award winner. To have the pitching step up once again, I think of the Brandon Woodruff start against the Yankees, stepping up when they needed him to. Corbin Burns and Devin Williams stepping up tonight when they needed to. You are seeing inspiring performances down the stretch when the Brewers need it. And the moment the offense decides to click and support them, this team becomes very dangerous. We do want to hear from the manager. We're going to talk about his decision to pull Corbin Burns from this audio as well. Here is the manager, Craig Council, after tonight's win.
3: I mean, I thought Devin was just, you know, he's being cautious with hitters and and making, you know, making them swing at his pitch. Um you know and that's what he's doing and he, he's the, the thing about devin that's that's so great and so impressive is you know his, his composure as kind of the inning goes and no matter what's kind of going on um he 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 really never loses the game never speeds up on him and you know he, he hasn't been around you know he's pitched in a lot of big moments but that's one of the most impressive things for me about devin is that how he no matter what's going on, kind of in the inning, it, it doesn't affect what he's doing. Um, doesn't affect his ability to execute. Doesn't affect his confidence in his in his pitches. Um, and that's that inning was certainly a prime example of that. And that's why you put up a zero that inning. Considering the circumstances, probably couldn't have asked for anything more from Corbin. No, I, I mean it was. It's, that's what great players do, man. They step up and they give you big time performances when when you need it the most. And um, that's exactly what Corbin did tonight. Um, you know, I mean, not only was it eight dominant innings and eight great innings, but it, as we go into the weekend, it um, it helps us out a ton.
2: We often ask you about you know when there's a decision point, whether it's tough or
3: not. Where was this one on that scale in terms of? Uh, he was done is that him kind of telling you that Craig you been you know these guys i, I we we have kind of have conversations with you know it, it's the same with with Dev i mean with uh burns and woody just knowing them well and um you know you just you just we've had the conversation with Corbin a hundred times <laughs> you know what I mean so it's you, you know what's going on was he pushing it all any extra tonight he, I, I i made the decision after the eighth he's done But we talked about Garrett before the game, you know, for him to come up with the two hits and then probably the stolen base just as impactful. Like you talked about taking advantage of those scoring opportunities when they come up. Yeah. Uh, Well, Mitch, you know, had a, had a a really nice game and and put some good swings on a tough pitcher and yeah, I mean, we had, you know, he had a chance in his first at bat, Um, you know, and we, we didn't, we didn't get that one in, Um, but I, you know, you you gotta actually that guy's really tough you get so few chances um and and even when you get those chances they're they're certainly not guarantees and uh, he made he made some good pitches to mitch the first time i thought fastball you know up it to get him started and then that gets you sped up a little bit and then he threw some good pitches down so um you know but i thought rowdy's at bat you know he had the kind of the same at bat um and he, he laid off a high fastball and, and got himself, you know, got himself in a good count where he could maybe sit on something and got to change up up enough, it looked like. Hit it good. We mentioned, or you mentioned before the game that when Garrett's come through, it's been in, his, his hits have been in big moments. Um, it, it just again tonight, you know, against all contrast. Is there anything to, to that about just him as a player? No, I mean, young guy? I, don't, I don't think we've, I don't think any players figured that out yet. Uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty tough thing to figure out
2: in terms of what Alcantara showed you tonight? Was it sort of as the scouting report? Yeah,
3: I mean, you just... Look, it's it's big velocity. Um, it, it sank. The changeup is a very good pitch. I thought his changeup maybe even got better as the game went along. Um, you know, you, you, I thought, like, Yelly's last at bat, he laid off a really good changeup, and then he threw an even better one, 3-2. Um, three, three so it just... You just get so few pitches to hit, and if you miss that one pitch to hit, it's it's uh, it can be frustrating because there's just there's not much good stuff to hit.
2: Woody always tells us how much he loves this time of year. I mean, you're, you're you
3: and Hook are working through the game, and I mean. Enjoyed it well it's it's look, it's fun watching Corbin pitch. It's fun watching Devin go out there and do his thing. Um because like I said, it's it's fun watching great players go after it this time of year and, and, and rise to the occasion like like those two did tonight. So um you know you can't help but respect that and, and, and enjoy watching that.
2: Yeah, I love watching that too. Guys elevating when the time matters most when the games are most important when every single pitch matters being in a two-zero count and a 1-1 count is a difference being in a 2-1 count versus an 0-2 count is a massive difference every single at-bat matters this time of year and i know we say oh it's a long season they'll make it through no no no, no. not not now right now it's all coming to a head at once all the things you preach oh it's the long season we'll click it into gear we'll figure this out like no, no no you got five more games. Five games to decide if you're going to get in or if you're going to be on the outside looking in. And I know the Brewers need help to do it. The Phillies have been playing very poor baseball. The Nationals, there's a team that they own, though. They're now 15 and uh, I think they're 15 and two or something like that against the Nationals now this season. Something ridiculous. But the Astros are lurking for the Phillies. And you may be thinking, well, Dom, the Astros are the one seed. What are they going to have to play for? They have to set up their pitching. They're going to have their guys play in the game. The Astros are my pick to win the World Series. They're that good, and no one's talking about them because we're all enamored with Aaron Judge right now. For good reason, but the Astros are really darn good. And the Astros can fall out of bed and sweep teams. The Astros fell out of bed and swept the Rays at the trap last week. Like, no big deal. Rays never had a chance. So why do you think the Phillies are suddenly going to come in there and be able to handle it? That's my point. I think the Astros could be helping the Brewers out really big next week. Just one game doesn't decide the whole playoff picture. But keep in mind, the Brewers are very, very alive in this race. They're a half game back. They've got five to go. The Phillies have six to go. They're scheduled for a doubleheader coming tomorrow. Hopefully that half game will disappear if they get that doubleheader in because they are right in the path of Hurricane Ian right now. And again, our thoughts of everybody who's been impacted by the storms down in Florida, South Carolina today. Uh, The whole eastern seaboard is being affected by this storm. And uh, let's hope it doesn't uh, impact anything further as far as lives, as far as transportation, as far as living, as far as hospitals. So uh, keep everybody in your thoughts in that regard as uh, we selfishly try to watch some baseball coming up over this weekend in Washington, D.C. We're going to relive. the few highlights in this game. Hey, it was a one nothing game after all. We're going to relive the few highlights. We're going to get ready for tomorrow's game as well. We're with you until the bottom of the hour, so stay with us. More to come here on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra
1: Innings on WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up!
0: This? Get up! And this? Get gold! Time
2: for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. Well, you're not going to hear a lot of get up, get up, get out of here gone because it was a one nothing pitchers duel in this one. The Brewers, wow, what a night for Corbin Burns against Sandy Alcantara. Chaos from the beginning with a bunch of strikeouts early in the contest. Both pitchers were rolling the first time through the order, just one hit allowed by Alcantara the first time through. Burns was perfect 9 up and 9 down to start the game. We fast forward now to the 5th inning. The Brewers, uh, or excuse me, the Marlins started to get a threat going. A single up the middle by Jesus Sanchez. But that's erased by a great line-out double play off of J.J. Blade's bat. Rowdy steps on the back for a calm double play. But then another single by Miguel Rojas is erased after a comebacker to Corbin Burns. So his main threat, his only stressful pitches quickly erased in this one. In fact, nobody stepped on second base in this game against Corbin Burns. Uh, for his terrific start over eight innings. The Brewers got a two-out double from Hunter Renfro in the bottom of the fourth. They couldn't get him in. They also left Jace Peterson stranded on third base in the third inning. But now we go ahead to the sixth. Still a scoreless game against Sandy Alcantara. Bottom of the order, Garrett Mitchell, a spark plug to lead things off, a single up the middle. Then he steals second with one out during Willie Adamas's at-bat. Then with a one-and-two count, Adamas squirts a single through the left side. It puts runners on the corners for Rowdy Tellez coming to the plate.
0: Pitch. Swing and a drive in the center. Deep. Playable. Going to be caught. Here comes Mitchell and the Brewers lead 1-0.
2: Rowdy Tellez with a sack fly to center. It turned out to be the game's only RBI, so we say salute to you, Rowdy Tellez. You go ahead and ring the bell for that sacrifice fly as the Brewers... Get the, get the run batted in. Thanks to Rowdy Telez. They ring the bell. And don't forget, you don't have to wait until Christmas time to ring the bell and put money in the Salvation Army red kettle. Donate today at samilwaukee.org. We move along now and in later into the game. Corbin Burns retires the last eight batters he faced. He collected seven more strikeouts tonight. Eight innings, four hits, no walks seven strikeouts for 103 pitches in this one he set a new career high for the season in strikeouts he finishes at least this game with 238 and he's also one inning shy of reaching 200 innings now we move along to the ninth inning things got a little stressful in the final frame of this game Devin Williams came in going for the save gives up a leadoff single to Lewin Diaz the bottom of the order then a walk to the top of the order John Birdie You blink, and there's runners on first and second, and nobody out in a one-run game. Then Wendell, he was initially trying to bunt. He ends up striking out. Then it's Brian De La Cruz. He's at the plate. He strikes out looking on a gift of a call for the Brew Crew. Then old friend Avi Garcia. Last night, he was the hero. Tonight, he just draws a four-pitch walk. Now it's all do or die at this point. Bases loaded. Two outs. The batter, Jesus Sanchez, with the game and maybe the playoffs on the line.
0: Getting into a bit of a jam, strikes out. Sanchez winds up striking out the side after a base hit and a couple of walks, and the Brewers even the series at a game apiece.
2: Woo! Exhale. What a win for the Brewers! Devin Williams gets the save. The Brewers win one to nothing. They're eighty-four and seventy-three now. Just a half game back of the Phillies for these final five games. The Brewers, one run on five hits, no errors. They left four. The Marlins, no runs on five hits, no errors. They left five. It only took two and a half hours to play, and 32,000 were on hand here at American Family Field. Cool. Well, what a night for the Brew Crew. Pitcher's Duel for the ages between two, well, one Cy Young winner and one soon-to-be Cy Young award winner. We'll wrap up the show coming up next here on the Home of the Brewers, WTMJ. What a win. Gosh, I've said that I think on every single rejoint so far tonight. One nothing. Hope you're in the ballpark to see this one. This was a ton of fun. Tomorrow, a little earlier start, 610 first pitch. Our coverage begins at five o'clock. We've got Brewers warm up with yours truly, Dominic Catronio coming up tomorrow before the game. Then I've got you after the game with Brewers extra innings in about 36 minutes. It'll be October. There's always a little fun energy with October. It certainly feels like October weather-wise. This is going to be a massive next couple of days because all can be forgiven if the Brewers can go three and zero. You know, winning tonight, then winning the next two games after losing the opener of this series. Because if the Phillies drop one more game out in the Nationals, you got a race for the final series. Whoever wins the final series is going to be the one that gets in. You need help, but the Brewers are hoping they get one more little get out of jail free card coming up here down the stretch. A couple of last-second texts coming in that I want to address. Uh, one coming from Bob. Could they not use Peralta to start a game? When it comes to Peralta, they want to be able to save their bullpen because they know he's not built up yet. They know he's not going to be able to go 60, 70 pitches yet. The reason why he pitched in last night's game is that reason. And honestly, they were trying to get him to go to the final three innings of the contest. And the thought was, if Freddie can't give you length – And you're about to have back-to-back bullpen days. You're going to lean away from starting him. However, maybe they'd be a little more encouraged to use him out of the bullpen for an inning coming up on Sunday. And if they're not going to use him on Sunday, they could use him to piggyback Eric Lauer on Tuesday. The only reason you're not going to use Peralta to start right now is because of the lack of build-up innings. Because you're not really gaining much as far as, oh, it gives the day a bullpen, a breather. Aaron Ashby's going tomorrow. He also is not extended. Maybe he goes about 50 to 60 pitches tomorrow. Again, you're going to see Justin Topa. You're going to see Peter Shrezlecki. You're going to see uh, the guys like Hobie Milner. You're going to see Brad Boxberger trying to get it to Devin Williams. And we'll wait and see if Devin's going to be available after throwing 27 pitches here tonight in the victory. But a good question, a fair question, Nonetheless, from Bob here on the show. One more question from Mike in Westchester. Counsel stating that Williams has good composure. Same as breaking his hand? Now, come on, buddy. That was a year ago. He's pitching the most important games of the year. He actually popped a little bit of humor in the postgame uh, with the media and asking him, hey man, what, what was going on with your command? He says, I don't know. I guess I was just keeping it interesting, right? With the smile, being sarcastic. You know, it, you gotta take it a little bit lightly at this point. And if you want to hold a grudge about the kid. You know, being a kid, making a mistake, he's owned that mistake from last year. Look, it's a year ago. It's time to move on from that. I'm going to defend Devin because he's grown up from it. He's learned his lesson, I would hope. For all sides, it looks like he has learned his lesson. And I'm going to root for him because it's a great redemption arc, and it's a great story for him. Now he's the closer. He's starting to become a little more comfortable Uh, I I love to see the development of Devin Williams not only as the pitcher but as the human and being a big leaguer because this is not easy to be a big leaguer and especially so to be a big league closer and a team that expects to make the playoffs every year, which is a great standard to have, right? I love that about Brewers fans. I love that about this market. You expect to be the postseason every year now with Craig Council at the helm, with David Stearns at the helm, with Matt Arnold at the helm. That is rare for a lot of markets Especially a market of this size. I'm not trying to, you know, you know, toot the company horn or, you know, bang the drum, whatever you want to say with the cliche. It's true. Okay. You have a chance still. They're going to need some help to make five straight postseasons. That is extremely hard to do, no matter what your budget is, no matter who you're paying, no matter who is your manager, or what players or star players you have on it. And then you sit down and look down, wait a minute. 2018, they're make it; their one game away from the World Series. 2019, they had bad luck bounce in right field. 2020 is 2020, but hey, they still made the postseason and all the turmoil of that year. 2021, they make it to the postseason again, and then they got Freddie Freeman. And then finally, uh, this season, if they can make it to a fifth straight postseason with all of this happening after trading Josh Hader, after having injuries, after having only Brandon Woodruff and really Corbin Burns available down the stretch... What a story that would be. Because once again, I'll remind folks, this pitching core is back next year. Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, hopefully all healthy. Devin Williams will be back. Maybe you re-sign Trevor Gott. You'll still have Hobie Milner back. You'll still have Jake Cousins back. Justin Topa back. There's a lot still to be excited about. So there's no reason to abandon ship with just five games to go. Our coverage begins at 5 o'clock with Brewers warm-up. Hope you can tune in tomorrow for what should be an exciting game three of four. In Milwaukee with the Marlins, first pitch is scheduled for six ten. What a night! Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Brewers win one nothing. They are in this race, to say the least. My name is Dominic Catronio for Justin Pottinger back in our studios running the board. Thank you again for listening, and until next time, keep on swinging.